0: Let's talk JMMA with Charlie Jewett from Sogo-Kaku.com. This is a podcast about the deep end of Japanese combat sports scene. I'm your host, Shu Hirata from On the Road Management. Now, let's begin. Hey, good morning or good evening in Japan, right? 11 p.m.? Yeah, it's
1: 11 o'clock at night. What time is it in Vegas?
0: 6 a.m. <laughs> so I'm up early, but I have to take care of fighters cutting weight for waiting tomorrow anyway. So, you know, one of the, my guys still like, got like about 14 pounds to go. <laughs> so that's a lot of weight for 135 pounders. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's dive into, let's talk about the Rising 41 Osaka. Yeah, let's do it. Press conference just took place. Now, did you watch that press conference?
1: I watched part of it. Um, I, it was kind of funny because I think Koji was like, hey, "You haven't even decided my opponent yet, so maybe you can get my front on the card too." Right, and then, right, like right. Koji went into like a weird spiel about the drink he was drinking, like kind of like a commercial.
0: Well, it was <laughs> so funny in a way that he kind of took over when Sakagibara was talking.
1: Yeah. It became yeah. the Koji press conference. He absolutely
0: right, right it over. Right. He just basically took it over, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really funny in Japan right now that Koji wasn't exactly the one of the best fighters out of K-1, right? Yeah. He was just a popular guy who showed up. And now, according to himself, he fought like seven times last year, including those exhibitions, and he made millions of dollars. Now, what do you oh. think about that?
1: <laughs> I don't know if he made millions, but I mean, mm-hmm. if he gets a percentage of the tickets he's selling, then every time he fights, he's got to be making good money.
0: Well, I mean, you know, Rising has this system the fighter, I mean, the, the purchasers could appoint fighters in that event, which, which money these people should be shares are going to. So, right. yeah, so he, I could imagine him making uh, okay money there, but I know the percentages on that. So, He's not going to make millions of dollars even though he gets up shares on every single ticket on like 20,000 arena. So
1: There's no way he got paid well to fight on that Mayweather card either. That's true. It's boxing and boxing doesn't pay the undercard people anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. here's what it is though, but who knows because Rising does pay Koji well, obviously because he's a ticket seller, right? And so you know, maybe there's some kind of deal going on. The Rising probably paid him okay, you know, to go well, out there.
1: They seem to rely almost exclusively on him to mm-hmm. sell tickets for these Osaka shows, right? Those Osaka shows are built around him every
0: year, you know, right? And the little fighters who could sell tickets in Osaka, mm-hmm. basically.
1: But I've i was on the Discord for the Rising fans and. Was talking to my friend who's down there. There seems mm-hmm. to be a little bit of disappointment in that Rising didn't have an event until April, and the first event of the year looks kind of four kickboxing bouts on the event.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not a With lot the of star Island, power, right? Exactly. The star power is a key. I think many, many uh, fans were expecting maybe one of the Asakuras to be fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but from Rising's point of view, you know, Kintaro is a big star of Osaka, right? Uh
1: Well, I think they're just trying to sell tickets. This isn't, I don't think this is going to be a big pay-per-view event for them. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to sell tickets for the venue, which is how they booked it. But I mean, this doesn't seem like a numbered event to me. This almost seems like a trigger card or something like that.
0: It is. And they would have to figure out a couple more better, you know, cards of the impact. Because, yeah, it's only the Koji and, you know, Horie and Keramov is a good card. And yeah. to surprise everybody, you know, Makoto is back here instead of you know trying to go for a contender series or anything like that. But that's just that, uh, really, for the hardcore fans, right? So, right, like
1: Shinyu is a great fighter, a lot of potential, but mm-hmm. he's not; he doesn't have the star power yet to really no, carry a no. card,
0: right? And you know, this guy, the opponent, Daichi Kitakata, he's sort of like a half YouTuber, but it's not like he has a huge followers or you know fan base. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, I agree with you. This is kind of a weak card. But, again, this also tells that Koji himself can really carry the show. Well,
1: that's what it is. I mean, I think they've gotten kind of lazy with their Osaka cards. It's just, mm-hmm. just we'll just slap Koji on there. Right. Some local boys will sell out the entire place, make some quick money.
0: Exactly. And then and
1: that- the, yeah, because they're, they're, they have another event scheduled for April. I believe it's a landmark show.
0: Yeah, it's an early May show. the 30th, and May 6th is Ariake Arena. And I know maybe half the cards for those shows, too, because I, I, lots of our clients are fighting. But I can tell you right now that, you know, obviously there's a big card already announced, which is Mikuru versus Ushiku, and uh, Hiramoto versus Saito. So yeah. are they going to separate these two cards into two different shows or put in the same shows? You know, they are still, I think, debating, you know?
1: Ooh, that's interesting, because Mikuru and Rin have so much beef Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of want to put them in the same venue to see what happens.
0: Right. But here's but, the issue they're both,
1: but you could put them on separate and style both the events really well.
0: Right. But now then it becomes one issue. Remember, I think um, they're, they're both are not title fights. Right? right. So it doesn't have to be in the ring. And the 30th is a cage. And I can tell you right now that most of the fighters, when they say, like, do you want to fight in the ring or cage? Majority of them will answer as a cage.
1: I know that Ren especially has said in the past that he wants to fight in the cage.
0: Yes, he said specifically yeah. to me too. So I'm talking to him in a way that I, I will prefer to put him in an April 30th, sure. Yeah. You know? Now, mm-hmm. Again, this is a very interesting about the Japanese MMA. You know, like even same with the Takeru versus, you know, Tenshin. They announced fight card, but haven't decided on the weights or rules yet. Same thing. They announced on the fight card, but they haven't decided on date. And most importantly, they haven't even decided see, if they're going to be fighting in the ring or the cage. Yeah?
1: That's what would frustrate me the most if I was lived on soccer right now, mm-hmm. is that they've announced three events that are essentially back-to-back, like right next to each other. Right. And the way it's announced now, you know all of the good fights are going on the other two events. Oh, yeah, of course, right. <laughs> they're just giving you Kochi.
0: Now, did he give? You the dame because since I know Sakakibara mentioned that he's gonna have another big show in Saitama in end of July, right? Right. I think
1: they only gave the dates for the April it's and the May shows.
0: Because... Okay. Well, I know the date for this July show too, but I think what Sakakibara is trying to do is make something really big on that Saitama Super Ring, mean. perhaps even like the stadium version. You know, yeah, like cool. they used to about Ogawa versus uh, Yoshida in Pride, and yeah, he wants yeah. to do that again and. The rumor tells me that Mr. Sakiba wants to accomplish as much thing as possible before he reaches 60 years old. And that's one of the things on his list. So, it, which means then all these three shows, right? Osaka, you know, Ariake and Yoyogi. Cars are set up in a way for the big shows for the July. So the oh. winners of these three shows will make it to July, majority of them, you know.
1: Did I read that he thinks that Manny Pacquiao might fight three times this year
0: for Ryzen? No, dude, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I mean,
1: it feels like they might be setting up Pacquiao for that July card if they're going to do the arena.
0: It happened right, and they could try to do another like Rising versus Bellator, but again, I think Sakakibara mentioned he's trying to do that in Hawaii end of June or something, right? So okay, yeah, and yeah, they're already so-
1: trying to they're already trying to angle and set up the Kai Osaka uh, Kai Osaka. Kai Asakura versus a Juan match. They weren't even teasing <laughs> about
0: that. I can tell you right now, I, if I were rising, I would never make them a fight. Not, <laughs> right not right off the bat when he comes back.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have a Juan fight Kim again if I was rising.
0: But. No, I mean, I put right now, Achireta, I will, if I were rising, I would put him against Naoki. Yeah. Why not put him against the one best ones? Because besides him, I don't think they can handle Achireta, to tell the no. truth. You know, and again, I'm a manager for Naoki, so I can't talk so much about it, but nothing has been really confirmed yet. But yeah, I think the plan is to do two bantamweight fights on those either 30th okay. or May, then the maybe title fight in July kind of makes sense, right? Now
1: so, he's, he's got to be, I mean, his win in New Year's Eve was so dominant. You got to think
0: he's running right on for that. They got to give him a
1: big fight. They got to right, I mean, a big fight.
0: I think he's a changed fighter at this point. that He now has a fight IQ that he understands that he needs to, to to execute the game plan like a killer. Because against Kintaro or against Ogikubo, he threw that gameplay right out the window. You know, like he just wanted to prove what he can do. But that's not the way, right? He can prove that in a gym. He can go and, yeah, you know. exactly. Right. So he understands that finally. So now he became so called, you know, like a machine, right, who just executes. Uh, game plan so i think he's going to be a very tough one to beat
1: yeah me too i mean he looked great in new Year's Eve. i thought it was the most impressive performance of the night
0: but anyway to go back to koji i would like to point it out you know like you know how koji is starting his own new event called nariagari which is like mm-hmm. a, two fighters in a telephone booth and fight whatever you know that's a that's one of the fun trend yeah. but i heard what's very impressive about koji is he's a oh. really good businessman he already had like a full full-time staff sitting on the uh, office, you know. And, and I heard these four guys are very, very good, you know. Well, that makes sense because just to
1: be able to juggle his ticket sales, because yes. he does that all himself, no. must be incredibly difficult.
0: <laughs> you know, I think this is, in a way, a, a way, new era that began with Mikuru and also Koji too. They're not exactly the best fighters. But they know how to use MMA or the quote-unquote combat sports as their means of making a business. You know what and I mean? Making a living, yeah. They're making a living, right? So, I mean, it's, it's not necessary. They're not looking to become a champion. No. They're not, no. You know, they're, not gonna, they're not going for the gold. You know what I mean? <laughs> In that well, category. They kind of
1: recognized that being a champion would be nice, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily important to them becoming famous
0: right exactly right so for them it's really about the business that's why they hire these good businessmen who you know who always shows up with a business card and suits tie whatever now on the other side of the coin i don't name names they are a lot like young japanese fighters you know who has youtubes and young managers or young salesperson who help them out and everything else and i met a few of them and it's huge difference from Koji's. you know they're just unprofessional I mean, I met this salesperson who showed up and talked to me for an hour and he did not introduce his name. So I the <laughs> competing. I had to ask him, you know, tell your name, you know? So, Isn't that
1: really rude in Japan?
0: That is very rude. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, like the first thing they always do is hand out the business cards.
0: Exactly. But I, I'm really... See, like, I've been doing this for more 30 years and I'm dealing with a major difference of generations of fighters. Right. Now I'm dealing with the really early 20s, like 20 years old, 21 years old, whatever it is. And their friends are new species of Japanese people. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, their parents are also new species of Japanese people.
1: Well, a lot of these guys' parents are like very strangely like support like most blindly supportive of their children.
0: Yes, blindly. And I can't really name names yet, but there are some parents who is much younger than me. I'm 55 and you know they're like in late 40s or mid 40s. I know one parent who hasn't worked for like eight years, believing his son will make it. And I know oh, the one fighter, uh, the both parents quit their job thinking the son is going to make it. And that's a huge pressure for a guy who's like a boy 20 years old, you know? That's, that You should never
1: put that kind of pressure on your kids.
0: <laughs> like, oh, like, I wouldn't want my son to take care of me unless I became a complete C now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that, right? No, so I actually it was... I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's very peculiar in the sense that I had one conversation with one of the very young fighters, and we were talking about his training schedules. And, you know, of course, we were trying to tell, you know, like, you have to emphasize more on wrestling. But his answer was this, Yo, you know, my both parents doesn't have a job, so i got to make a quick money. So I gotta, I feel like I have to emphasize, capitalize on what I have right now, because I only have maybe next couple of fights to make it happen, you know? I mean, like, yeah, you get that kind of pressure when you're training, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, was that female fighter from a couple of years ago, Sakura, who fought in Ryzen once? Yeah. Her parents went and were like ape shit crazy. And there was that whole beef with uh, Shinyaoki, and she just like had a meltdown and has never fought again.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, mean, yeah. I think parents need to graduate from their own son and daughters. I really think so. They need to find their own life.
1: Well, they need to find like the coach or manager that knows what they're doing and then just. Oh, back off exactly. and support support the kids emotionally but don't be you're, you're not their coach you weren't an MMA fighter you'd be
0: yeah exactly so in my case I ended up having a three-way conversation <laughs> with the daddy and the son and I do this to more than a few fighters trust me sometime with a mummy and daddy and everything else and I even had to urge father, maybe you should go and get a job or, you know, change this, that kind of stuff, you know. But I'm telling you, it's a new generation. But, you know, what's the very good thing about this is just because parents are so reliant on and, the and, and kids, half the kids, spoiled, not good, but half the kids became very independent. I guess right now, those, some of the kids are very, very good, responsible, you know, they know how to, you know, speak up, you know, because they take care of parents, you know. <laughs>
1: Not about parents, but I've noticed something similar that a lot of like high level Japanese MMA fighters with like a wrestling or a judo background. Because ever since they were like in middle school, they've been living away from their family mm-hmm. in like dormitories because they got sent away to judo schools. Right. They all seem like incredibly independent and yeah. pretty high functioning.
0: Exactly. They're very high functioning, but there's big difference between those young MMA fighters doing MMA. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, for example, Kanako Murata, who's like a wrestling elite or judo elite. Those people are so used to being set up by somebody else all the time so all they be doing is training oh
1: especially. they have like a, they have like a handler someone that takes exactly someone who's yeah.
0: always being handled their life so yeah. in that part of their life I had to teach them you know what I mean but yeah. like for the, the MMA fighters who has been incredibly independent they have to be independent because they ain't making that much money you know yeah, they don't have a big facility to go on training and, you know they don't yeah. have a national support that kind of stuff so it, it's different but I'm telling you right now it's a new generation of Japanese fighters and it's very interesting you know yeah. So,
1: uh,
0: yeah that's awesome yeah it is awesome no it's awesome
1: to see the independent ones not awesome to see the spoiled ones
0: but. yeah yeah but it's but again you know lots of cases fathers are also coaches too right so
1: wasn't well, that kind of the similar it's not a, a bad situation but doesn't the famous boxer now you know his dad is like exactly famously involved in his career
0: so was tenshin's father involved yeah. right so well tenshin's father has an
1: excuse because he's legitimate coach
0: trainer. right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right no but here's what it is you know some most of the japanese a fighter who has a father as a trainer their excuse is always oh shoot look at all this successful case like Tenshi. naoya it's always father and son <laughs> so and i'm like all right i gotta tell it. you if, if- don't
1: they ever point to Ichiro? I mean, doesn't he, like, hate his father now?
0: <laughs> I mean, like, uh... Yeah, again, like, Ichiro's dad did a pretty tremendous job, right? To <laughs> true, true. To that point. So, I mean, and he yeah. really didn't have a professional training experience, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so who knows? Who knows, you know? But anyway, so Rising is going to be have about 11 shows this year, I think. Right. Like, well, that's what like Kibara said. So I think it's going to be interesting. So let's talk about this extortion case. Yes. Yes. Let's...
1: So, Mr. X and Mr. Y both got arrested recently. Right? Yes,
0: and you can reveal his name. Mr. His name is Mr. Minegishi, right? Yes. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can talk about this first. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, so, I mean, it kind of seems like way too little, too late to me. Mm-hmm. But everyone is people. The listeners probably remember um, around the time that Rising lost their Fuji TV contract. Yep. And the whole match situation happened mm-hmm. was revolving around a series of articles about some recordings with Sakakibara being kind of when I mean, this guy claimed to have recordings of Sakakibara talking to like a guy that wasn't Yakuza, but kind of had like connections to Yakuza.
0: Exactly right, yeah.
1: And um, they wanted him to pay it was like $50,000, something like that.
0: Yeah according to him yeah it's like 50,000 dollars according to this guy Minegishi the Sakakibara offered him a consulting job you know yeah, so it was
1: kind of this thing where they like they came to him with the article and then Sakakibara originally agreed to kind of pay them $50,000 right
0: right and then he so, changed
1: his mind and went to the police
0: yeah which
1: kind of in the short term backfired terribly for him because they lost the match being broadcast on Fuji TV, mm-hmm. and they've lost their own Fuji contract. But now it seems like maybe he was right, or it's hard to tell. But they were arrested, so we'll see what happens.
0: Right. You know, what's so funny about this uh, is that uh, this guy, Minagishi, he actually has a YouTube channel. <laughs> Who in, Does every Japanese person have a YouTube channel now? <laughs> he has a YouTube channel, and he's actually talking about, you know, like how why this happened and blah 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 you know and it, it, according to him right according to him uh risings this problem began like long long time ago way before mayweather you know and well yeah because have-
1: um in the official stories as mm-hmm. well it seems like it's been going on for years almost. years right yeah and they just couldn't get Kind of bar like to agree to meet with them or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. It took a long time to have a meeting and everything else. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. This is the YouTube channel he has. He's sitting here on some little beat up, probably like a karaoke box. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, it looks like he's at a snack bar or something.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really terrible, and he's basically talking mm-hmm. about you know how you know. Some of the profits of rising is going to the you know, yakuza world, which is not good. The same thing with the pay per view and blah blah blah, because they're still associated with the people from yakuza. You know, uh, that's what the, basically what it is. And and uh, to to make Mayweather fight happen and also to be televised on Fuji Television, way back then, Sakakibara and one of the producers from Fuji Television, according to him, created a fake document to prove that they have no longer any relationship with uh, yakuza. Therefore, they went forward with that uh, broadcasting. Now, he's trying to claim, oh, that's all I and you know?
1: Well, wouldn't this guy be way more believable if he wasn't willing to accept money to not publish his story?
0: Exactly, right? I don't know <laughs> if $50,000. He should have just said no. Then it, it kind of makes sense, right? But again, this guy is not even a journalist, any of that, and he even has his old title that used to be Yakuza. So, you know and it's it so looks
1: like he's running a snack bar right now
0: yeah and you know what's so funny is this
1: he also looks sketchy himself he looks like he's kind of dressed like a yakuza himself a little bit
0: exactly but in this video what's so funny is this he admits that his father was yakuza so he was raised in the entire yakuza family and his older brother is yakuza <laughs> <laughs> so i mean the point is his existing is based on the yakuza family you know, and his race, Yakuza, everything else. So, so any of that kind of a resume in the background, if he comes to you and asks for money, you feel like that's extortion already, right?
1: Yeah, so this guy's claiming to have a bunch of Yakuza connections, and then he comes to you and and that's what the Yakuza did in the eighties, wasn't it? Weren't they essentially blackmail CEOs of companies into paying them oh, money? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, they'd they yeah. like
1: take them out, get them drunk, take a bunch of pictures, and then like yeah. threaten to go to a board meeting unless they got paid.
0: I mean even to this day they are a job quote unquote job called sokaya and their job is to find the weakness of a corporations and they buy some enough stock to show up at the shareholders meeting and yeah. they're just like various questions right so they they notify CEO prior to those shareholders meetings. so they have this specific department and a big corporation they take care of that by paying them. you know what they do is that the the most famous way to pay those uh, Sokaya is they usually, have some kind of publication, a cheap, cheap publication, and they'll be forced to, you know, you know, <laughs> buy those magazines on the. So there's like. There's like basis. It's very expensive. you know? There's like
1: ten yakuza in the back making magazines and exactly. selling
0: so, them. <laughs> they, from the days of World War II, whatever, or in Tokyo okay. Olympics, that Japan always had this very good, you know, kind of intertwined connection with the underworld, you know. I mean, you know the story about that the all these two weeks when the Tokyo Olympics happened back in the 60s, almost every Yakuza left Tokyo just to accommodate a Japanese government's request, say go away for two weeks. So all these foreign you know <laughs> tourists won't see you. And they did. You know, what I mean? so yeah. so that's a clear sign that there's always a relationship, right, between those two parts of the world. Interesting. But
1: well, yeah, it this is. guy I mean, this guy just
0: seems too sketchy to believe anything he's saying. He
1: right Plus, he it just seems like his business is blackmailing people.
0: That, that is just what it is. In the quote-unquote in Japan, it's called a jikenya, meaning yeah. that he gets involved in every big incident or accident that took place in society. He'll find some weakness and find somebody who does he wants to hide something and go over there and extort them. You know?
1: Yeah. Plus, I mean, yeah, it just seems very sketchy. Plus, it seems yeah, So, but he wants to be famous or something. Why does he only got 3,000 views? (laughs) Does this guy (laughs) want to be famous or something? Why does he have his own YouTube channel?
0: I have no idea. I don't know what you'd think his lawyer
1: would be telling him to like not say anything
0: exactly. But obviously, he probably doesn't have a lawyer, right? If you think this is the right way to go, and he's in, in this video, he says, Oh, go ahead, arrest me, I will never get arrested. And then he gets arrested,
1: yeah,
0: you know, you know, but here's what is very interesting about it. Right now, because of this, Rising lost Fuji Television, right? And, Maybe not uh, that important making... of a loss, though. Who knows? Yeah, but you know what? They're making much better money on pay-per-view Obama. I can yeah. do it right now because, you know, entire story of broadcasting in Japan, they have been doing very bad. So the money they could have offered to Rising to do the broadcast on that fight, not even close to the money they made on pay-per-view. And because of that, you know, over, you know, $500,000 pay-per-view buys, they had that list of email addresses and contacts who bought that pay-per-views, and because of that, probably the pay-per-view sales on the rising after that is doing actually pretty well. So, you know, in that sense, I think it was all—it's okay for them to use Fuji Television, but on the other side of the coin, in the Japanese society, if you're not recognized by a major television, it's going to be very difficult to get a major sponsorship, like a big corporation. What- corporate sponsorship so i
1: always thought the pain wasn't in losing money directly from the provider it was in losing sponsorships and broad market market connections exactly we have a question from daniel he wants to know do you think they would have lost the fuji deal without this guy's story and
0: probably not you know i mean there are a big some big chunk of people within the fuji television they want to be supports to rise in so but, but at the, the, new same CEO, time,
1: the new CEO, the new CEO was looking was kind of looking for a reason to get rid of his exactly. anyway,
0: right? Because it was the time when the new CEO was appointed. So again, he didn't want any BS problem for towards the new shareholders meeting, right? So he wanted to just cut off something that it could be exposed, you know, be a problem. So he sees the rising as a the problem, you know. So yeah, so I think this triggered it, but there was a uh, a big, you know, people in, within the food television, they were looking for the opportunity to cut rising off, and that happened. So then, Abema is winning because they picked up and they're doing very well on pay per views, you know. Well,
1: rising is probably winning too because rising is probably making more money off of the deal. Right.
0: And anyway, I gotta yeah. tell you this again, you remember that so quote unquote they lost so called societies' trust because they're not in the food television anymore. But on the other side of the coin. They no longer the rising no longer have to really worry about quote unquote compliance. Right, they, they worry they're free. Their, they can do whatever they, they want
1: free. now.
0: So now you know the whole story about they have being sued by advertisers. They got sued by they, they, they have three lawsuits going on right now, right? in, in against Rising. So I don't care. They'll take care of it, but they don't have to worry about going go to television and explain and apologize. None of that's <laughs> taking place anymore. Yeah. So so hey, maybe that might even make them score more more other interesting sponsors yeah mm-hmm. yeah so who knows right so but anyway so let's get to the next subject which is panchan yeah. did you fu-
1: did you see her apology videos
0: yes i did see her apology videos and i also saw that another video which is she's talking about she has decided to move out of the apartment okay so can, let's yeah, just summarize
1: ahead. the videos for those that haven't seen them that okay. panchan rina famously now Got caught selling forged a forged poster of Tenshin versus Takeru, and got mm-hmm. arrested for fraud. And then she released these really weird apology videos, mm-hmm. where it's very clear she's apologizing because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose sponsors and things like that. But she also is like trying to play like she's the real victim,
0: <laughs> right? She's she like to it, right, or something like that.
1: She was like, "Oh, I'm really sorry, but." I got scammed too. I don't. I didn't need the money, but I invested one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in this project, and the guy stole my money. And then in this one, she's like, "I'm getting selling my Tokyo apartment, and I'm moving." And then I, th- <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. Did you see what Aoki said about it?
0: I don't know, but she, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said What did he say? What did say?
1: Aoki watched the video you're playing right now, and he was just like. I have no idea what the hell she's talking about. Like, why? Why? what does any of this have to do with the poster? Why do you have to sell your Tokyo apartment? Why do you have to move? Why? Because she also left her gym. It's like, why did you have to leave your gym? Like, none of this. He's like, but he's like, I'm also very interested now. And he also said that if she wants, she could come move in with him. But, uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, it makes no sense. Because, like, she's essentially apologizing, but also saying, like, poor me. I'm also in a bad situation. You should feel bad for me.
0: Well, first of all, I mean, selling the the fake poster for $1,000 would not solve your 150 k scam problem, you know? Yeah. And even, like, tell my five-year-old son all the time that the two wrongs won't make it right.
1: (laughs) What's the whole thing? I'm like, are you saying that it's okay for you to scam potentially your fans because you also got scammed? Right, like, yeah, what...
0: and now she's saying that she's going to move out of this uh, the, the the apartment, right? Because I'm pretty sure this is the pretty expensive apartment. She's I heard she's moving out of the apartment.
1: Night. She right. left her gym, and she also said the police took her phone. So she's like, her brother had to send her a phone. It's a very strange video.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think she gets it. I don't think she really realized that she did something really wrong.
1: No, that's why. That's why I'm saying because. She apologizes for doing something wrong, but then mm-hmm. directly addresses sponsors and fans in her apology. And then, I think then proceeds to immediately rationalize why she did it. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sorry I did this, but I was scammed.
0: She's a very, very small version of Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. She was like that. I mean, we all knew that she was like, fake it, they'll make it kind of character. So we knew that something was going to happen, but then again, I mean, how the hell is she going to make? How is she going to make money? And the problem is this: somebody.
1: She 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 only had to sell a hundred. She only had to sell 150 fake posters, and she oh, had right. her money back.
0: Exactly. Here's what it is that? This still tells there are somebody behind her, doing something for her, or controlling her, or suggesting her to do something. Obviously, right?
1: It's got to be the sponsors. Like, if you want to keep our support, you gotta, or someone telling her if she wants to keep sponsorship money, she has to like
0: bow Do down it. and
1: apologize, yeah. Sakakibara style. Didn't she also say she has to get rid of her dog?
0: I don't know. So, I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even watch the, this whole video. <laughs> so I think got... she said she I'm
1: has sorry. to like get rid of her dog too. Like, it's this really weird, like, yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest apology video I've ever seen.
0: First of all, the kickboxer doesn't make that much money in Japan, no. so I don't care how popular she is and stuff like that. And if she doesn't fall over here, there's no way she can afford to live in that kind of apartment or condominium in Japan. She should be living in an in a apartment like Izawa yeah. used to live, like where you went to interview her, right? That there's a laundry yeah. in outside her
1: apartment and stuff like You're, that. You
0: know?
1: But it was like the $400 a month Tokyo apartment. I've never That's seen anything like that. She should be
0: living in, I don't know, I mean. Yeah, here's what it is. You know, the problem, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but something about this Japanese MMA, even though you only had like two fights or three fights, there's a trend out there that, oh, it's the core sponsorship. You know? So the fighters think they can make sponsorship money even though you're like, oh, and one. You know han I mean? Shan
1: <laughs> was legitimately doing commercials for like certain... Exactly, so
0: yes. I get it from her point of view, but that's yeah. relying way too much on the sponsorship money. It's that's yeah. almost like a geisha, right? I mean, you have well, to be. You know? she also. I mean,
1: first off, it's not even confirmed that this alleged hundred missing one hundred fifty thousand dollars is even a real story. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I'd like to see the police report or some evidence of this scam. I don't so think hearing of it.
0: I don't think she went to the police. You know, it's really funny, yeah. Charlie. You know, like if you get cheated fifty grand, you go to the police right immediately. I mean, I got scammed for $2,000. I still went to the police. But I'm telling you right now, Japanese people, sometimes they don't go to the police. I know this. In fact, I know this one girl. She's 17. She inherited some money when grandma died. It's not like a big <laughs> money. We're talking about like 100000 And when she was 17, one of her classmates says like, oh, I need the money. I'm in trouble. I'll give you back. So she learned that $50,000 to this kid, 17 years old. and She never got that money back.
1: Like seventeen-year-old me would kill somebody for fifty thousand
0: dollars. Exactly. <laughs> then, then it's what's really weird about it is like she still sees him on almost regular basis because they live in a small town, that's and so she every time she bumps into him, she does remind him, "Oh, are you going to give me back that money?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't worry. don't worry. it." That's been going on for like ten years. <laughs> I mean, your statute yeah. of limitations is over yeah. at that point, and of yeah. course, there's no, you know, written you know, lease, a loan agreement, none of that, but that's not uncommon in Japan. <laughs> There's a lot of people who get cheated but end up not going to the police.
1: Are we gonna find out that Panchan loans to Kakibara $150,000, and he's now saying it was a gift and not paying her back.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, they <laughs> had the other losses, right. But it's really weird, it's like a real Japanese thing. Even though you're the clear victim, sometimes you feel kind of guilty getting illegal involved
1: yeah
0: which is well, it, right
1: no but just the way that she announced it makes me wonder like did this even happen
0: yeah of course right yeah of course yeah. She, oh, it was fake in the japanese culture goes, oh i didn't go to the I'm like, she I hasn't
1: fought and she's injured she hasn't fought in so long i'm like how how do you have hundred fifty thousand dollars? and she kind of said that to like say i wouldn't do this I don't have money problems, I have money. I'm like, well, if, then why did you sell the poster? Like, none of this is adding up, none yeah, of this I mean, makes but, sense.
0: But, you know, like, she did, that condo she lives in, it's not, it's not a cheap condo, right? I mean, of course, I mean. Uh,
1: my theory, I, I don't think she's paying for that place that she's living in.
0: Maybe she's getting kicked out? Oh, it's that sponsor's paying?
1: I think it is. It's kind of like a sponsor or oh, something. Yeah, yeah.
0: who knows? Right. <laughs> well,
1: they have had. They did have a big news story about Papakatsu's on the TV the
0: other day. Exactly, the yeah. yeah, right, right. Papakatsu is a big thing. It's like giving the you know, idol singers and some, you know, anchor women does that, right? You know. Yeah. 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 So. You kind of smooch on a rich guy, old guy, you know. But, well, I mean, who knows? But she, well, you know what? She needs to. She needs to fight. Because her YouTube is not. It she gets views, but it's not like make money views. Yeah. And besides, we all know that YouTube is gonna go down, right? I heard like, yeah, yeah the, the, the fees paying to the YouTubers are, are going down dramatically. And I think Google is planning on cutting off most of the YouTuber out of their contract and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that the age of YouTube is kind of over. Yeah, but
1: know? I'm kind of on, back to the punch, I'm kind of on Aoki's side where I'm just like confused. I'm like, why are you doing any of this? Why don't you just apologize, train and go fight like this doesn't make any sense
0: exactly like i say she should be fighting if she's a fighter or if she wants to make money and clearly just make a stirs or whatever then she should be doing breaking down or you know yeah
1: well, or she's a, she's a commentator on breaking down
0: oh she is okay then yeah, it yeah. really makes sense right so she yeah. can probably demand pretty good money i mean yeah if maybe I mean, yeah. pays those people <laughs> right to pay those people back but it's yeah. you know who knows but again I Rising will be fine. TV on Fuji television, they don't have to worry about the quote-unquote yeah. quote, compliance, so they could book with Panchan. If fast. Panchan, yeah. if Rising,
1: when they were on Fuji TV, had wife beaters on, I think that Panchan will fight again in the future. Mikuru and Kai clearly don't care. I think she'll be back on Breaking Down in their TV shows soon enough. And yeah. I think Knockdown... Does she fight for Knockout? Is that what the promotion's called?
0: Yeah, I think so, uh,
1: uh, they clearly need her, and mm-hmm. she'll probably
0: fight for them again. Yeah, yeah. No, she has to be in demand. They had to be a promoters <laughs> or TV producers or who wants to book her on something. I mean, like, I mean this will never happen. But if I'm a porn producer, I'll be contacting her already. You know what <laughs> I mean? all, all of a sudden, so- I'll oh, offer a big signing bonus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, let's talk about this Hori Gucci's new promotion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really surprising that he's still under the Bellator, right? Mm-hmm. But he's doing this, supposedly doing the promotion. And I'm hearing his older brother and his current manager is like really gung-ho on this project. Well, I think yeah. I think
1: his brother's name is Kenta. Mm-hmm. And he's actually the one that's going to be in charge of the promotion.
0: Yeah, I heard. And yes. Horaguchi
1: is just going to be like an advisor to the promotion. Right. And they're doing like a contest right now to pick the name. And if the name you suggest is picked, I think this is the article you get like 25 grand and VIP tickets to the first show, which is scheduled for either the summer or the fall. But what I thought was interesting about it was Horgucci, whenever he talks about it always says like, this is going to be genuine MMA. It's focused on real MMA. There's not going to be a lot of bragging or like shit talking. This is just an MMA promotion which makes me think he's had like a negative reaction to the whole breaking down.
0: Well, and here's all stuff. And, but what they're trying to do is almost the same as what Abema has been already doing for a while, is yeah. to do some kind of audition and discover new fighters, right? right? A legitimate way to raise those fighters to get to the world level or rising mm-hmm. or whatever. And what, are they going to plan to like uh, broadcast this on YouTube kind of thing again? Or their own platform, whatever?
1: A lot of the details haven't been announced, basically only this naming competition thing, but I did see that Ushiku was training with him at American Top Team. Right, right. He went there, right? I was wondering like, if he's actually going to like bring some of these fighters over to train with him at American Top Team, Like, how detailed his role in the promotion will be. A lot of questions still, but it's interesting yes. development.
0: Right now, Charlie, since I'm doing that fighter's diary with Abema TV and I'm sending all these guys, you know, fighters to different places to train, it's a lot it of work. A lot of money right now. So you say, oh, maybe we can send these young guys to ATT or whatever that is. Sure, they could do that, but they ain't going to be able to do that so often. Not too many people. You know what I mean? They don't have yeah. that kind of backup corporate power, so – also, I,
1: I, there's a chance that this turns into no, turns into nothing.
0: I tell you right now, it will turn into nothing. Oh, my predictions—they yeah. probably do one or two shows and that's it.
1: Because we the don't have
0: any visions is, of in long in long term. From what deep I see,
1: pancreas between deep pancreas Shuto. Like, good luck finding talent for the Tokyo market. He's gonna have to go out to like gumma or something. And yeah. well, like, it loves, yeah, I remember,
0: it is a gladiator who is now teaming up an online casino. There's a Grachan and also there's Nexus, you know, like yeah, there are hate. a lot of promotions and heat, right? Yeah. In Nagoya. So, and they got decent budget, right? They got yeah. decent payroll. So I'm telling you right now, I mean, it's, this is going to be very difficult. I, I honestly think it's it's too bad. Horiguchi's older brother who, I don't know how good of a promoter or businessman he is, but I really don't see any visions or any long-term you know, oh. goals on this promotion slash project. So,
1: With Horiguchi not being in Japan, it's kind of like, how is this going to happen? So I'm curious to see what they announce and what happens. Well, but I'm kind of was, on the same side as you, as I kind of see this fading into nothingness.
0: Yeah, because I'm hearing that his current new manager is a guy from Osaka who's a little tied to entertainment business in Japan. So... Yeah. It's actually kind of typical. This happens all the time. When you have one big star, they think you can make money out of this guy, so let's just do a show. It should be fine. We have YouTube. We have Avima or platform, whatever that is, you know? And I I think they're overestimating Horiguchi's naming power in terms of promoting an event. You know what I mean? Or MMA shows on a continuous basis, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he has name value, and I saw that like Seiko Yamamoto like retweeted Mm -hmm. something about this. So he also has like the blessing of famous Yamamoto family, but none of them will be in Japan to like be part of this, and so that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. You can only attach your name to something for so long without actually being there to get the attention.
0: Right, right, right. uh, Uh, Rising will die. I'm going to answer your question. This one, Fighters Diary doesn't have the best views. No, they don't. And even with Itziquerat at the helms, how soon would it possible? No, I'm not going to that direction. So I think for this year, I'm sending a young fighters two months to train at the team. At the end of two months, they'll be fighting in some feeder shows in, in in U.S. and they'll go back. And it will Abema will stream live stream those feeder shows. So oh, cool. uh, I'm of sending three young fighters out to three different teams very soon, and at the end of March or end of May those fighters will be fighting on one of the feeder shows in America. And then uh, will stream, live stream those uh, uh, events. And yeah, you know, I agree with you that we don't have the best views, but that's only on, uh, we're talking about YouTube culture on platform. And we realize this, that only on terms of YouTube platforms, the viewership is different. A lot of YouTube viewers kind of tend to look at the short video, right? So, They're not really looking into really deep dive into that real analysis and everything else. But they also, there's a big chunk of fans out there who's really hardcore fans who wants to learn more about trainings or menus or, you know, how coach feels about it and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to that direction. I want to accommodate hardcore fans. So at the end of this two month training, coach from Japan also have to go to that team and train. Really? Yeah, watch the training, discuss an American coach for like a week. So they have a, Discussion, debates, what's going on? The difference between the Japanese training and American training? You know, it's always like a corporate visit, so that Japanese coaches can learn some, and maybe American coaches can get some ideas, whatever that is. So, so it's gonna be full on. It's not like I, I realize just going there for a training for just one month it ain't gonna change anything. You know, you have to do the fight camp, you have to experience the whole thing. Get to go back two, three times. You know, any part of the team, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, to answer his questions. I'm not going towards the way try to hide uh, a score viewership on like, just the YouTube by putting Ren in there. You know what I mean? Like I would only to create another big show if it was just a Ren himself. Yeah. yeah. Well and I mean, also, right now, Ren oh. actually in California now. He's going to Hawaii and he'll go oh, back cool. to Ren. And after that, he'll come to States again for maybe two, three months. And he'll go around different teams to train. So
1: I'd like to plug that I mean, That show is awesome and the Itsky episode, the Nick ones. They are great. I mean, it's, it's right. really good behind the scenes.
0: Um, but I want, I want to get into content, But I will agree with you.
1: I feel like you have to yeah. be a hardcore fan to like really want to watch a 20-minute video. Of
0: exactly, something. yeah. So exactly, but I want to accommodate more hardcore fans because I'm. I, we have decided that's okay. I mean, they can go and grab another light, so-called, quote-unquote, light, you know, lightly-taste fans, whatever you want to call it, that is not really hardcore. But I always believe hardcore fans will stay a long time, you know? So those hardcore fans will be watching since the Pride dream, right? Rising. Mm -hmm. Now they've seen fall of Japanese MMA, not that many fighters doing well, you know, that type of stuff. So all these hardcore fans would like to find out what's the difference in training or lifestyles, you know, that kind of stuff. So I want to get into more deeper on that end, which I'm going to have a meeting with a producer tonight or tomorrow. He'll arrive in Vegas because they were televising Road to UFC final, you know. So anyway, so let's talk about this. Deep versus Black Combat. I mean, I haven't followed so much about it, but the Black Combat is a new Korean promotion who heavily based on the YouTube, right? Platform. They
1: are awesome. So far, from what I've seen, Black Combat is awesome. It is everything that Landmark promised to be, the original Black Landmark Korean. series. Right. And it is what breaking down should be. So the guy that's the guy that started Black Combat's like a Korean influencer, like a YouTuber from Korea.
0: hmm
1: And um, he's traveled to the US and got like obsessed with pride in the UFC when he was living there. Yeah. And so Black Combat is essentially like a mixture of the two. Like every episode feels like a rising confessions kind of. Mm -hmm. and the way that i'll it's like really good at the storytelling angle and the way that i'll describe it is all of the deep fighters that are fighting this saturday they went to south korea a week ago right and they're training at black combat has their own gym and they're training Mm -hmm. there and they're just filming like tons of behind the scenes content yeah and so when they release because they the fights will not be aired live online no, the YouTube videos will be updated later, and they'll have all this cool behind-the-scenes footage. You'll get like all this like interview content and talking, so you'll feel like you really understand the fighters, where they're coming from, you understand their stories. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of this novel approach. The only way to watch it without going live is to, there's like a, a chain of South Korean movie theaters that are showing the mm-hmm. fights. So, so the you have,
0: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to go to a movie
1: theater to watch it. And so he's kind of and it's like, it's not like a really nice like resort, the event. So he's kind of got that landmark thing where he's making it very mysterious, very exclusive. And I think they had a press conference for this and they sold tickets to the press conference and like it's sold out. And so, and it's only That's been, awesome. I think the venues, the promotion's only been around since 2022. Right. And he's kind of created this team. It's, like, it's kind of like they got like this IFL angle where, like, there's teams that fight each other and the teams go up and down the rankings. But so it's very interesting. And it's also kind of like landmark in that the pay per views are pretty much five fights. Mm. You know, the pay per views with the numbered events are five fights and they go across each fight's a different division. And so this is no different. So we have five deep fighters from five different divisions fighting five Korean fighters from five different divisions. And the Korean fighters actually had to compete in auditions to represent Black combat in this event. And so there's been a lot. I mean, the videos are getting like hundreds of thousands of views in just a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's good to see MMA doing well in South Korea again, ever since Road FC kind of died. <laughs> it's still kind of twitching, but.
0: I, I, I was just going to say the same thing, because Korean MMA, they do so much great news, but their promotions always had problems. Problems, yeah, right? I mean, I think one of the guys, the guy, the guy fighting stuff, you know?
1: The guy fighting Daisuke Nakamura, like, is the Road FC champion? Mm. <laughs> so, like, I don't think Road FC is doing too well if the no. champion... Like, a bunch of guys from Road FC are now fighting in black combat, so... Right. I Unlike breaking down better
0: money, right? Better money and better yeah. exposure, I bet, you know. And right right now, I think it's fair to say that Black Combat is the, the biggest MMA promotion in Korea.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, for the past couple of years, it feels like every new Korean promotion does one event and then doesn't pay the fighters and dies.
0: Exactly, right. It happens all the time, right? Very common. Yeah, so,
1: but this promotion seems to somehow have captured that breaking down where like non mma fans are also interested in it because the content isn't only focused on fights there's like an entertainment storytelling angle to it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: this is this whole thing's been kind of fun too because deep's been playing along so
0: yeah i, mean, I know i see that like, like saiki yeah. wearing sunglasses and almost like acting like some a year ago yeah. like almost <laughs> like a yakuza <laughs>
1: well, Saki got up like Saki was like did a face off with guy from black combat with like with his shirt off <laughs> so i mean like they've been playing into it i think it's been fun and um Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that's in charge of black combat right there, but I think they have full soccer kicks, like it's full pride rules, and it's a three-round fight, but the third round is weighed heavier than the first two, so
0: it's
1: kind of an interesting setup. to have going.
0: Strong, right, so it's like, you know, it kind of makes sense,
1: yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. but
1: I'm just excited to see something... That's entertainment based, but still mm-hmm. has good MMA fighters involved.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and, so it still
1: embraces good fighters.
0: Again, we're, the, the top athletes who always go to the where the, the, they pay where their good money is, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, this will create more better Korean fighters and, and it's going to put Japanese MMA more behind. You know, I'm telling you right now, like, Japanese MMA have to do something. <laughs> i mean it's
1: well this is such, this is such like a deep that. thing to do you remember yeah. when deep co-promoted with that mongolian promotion
0: right 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 right
1: and that's why i love deep it's so awesome that deep is like oh we'll, we'll play along we'll play the like the social media game and we'll go to south korea and he brought like five legitimate deep fighters with him i mean wow. saudi ashima is going to be there daisuke nakamoto is going to be there mm-hmm. judy ohada is going to be there so i mean it's and so I think Sango Yamamoto, I feel like he must somehow be involved in how this got together.
0: No, because... he was probably a liaison. He even said that. He's the yeah. Korean Japanese-speaking boy, so he was a liaison between Black Combat and Deep.
1: Yeah. You know? And so, who was also a former... I, th- I thought I had saw seen that he had just... Re- like, one or two years ago, he had signed a new Road FC contract, but that mm-hmm. must no longer exist. But um, in the video, yeah, but- they just- I'm, I'm if,
0: right if this does really well they might even go step up to do a, something with the rise in who knows is, right well it's
1: the guy is a influencer so he clearly knows how to like make this seem like a cool experience and that's what he's selling
0: yeah i so, mean like you know, joe logan paul, paul uh, those guys are best one of the best marketer right <laughs> in the state oh, yeah. same thing in the fight business you know so it's actually good that the, the another type of so-called executives or the managers came into the uh, the sports, basically, right? So right. doing something new, it's different from what they we you know the other promoter has been doing.
1: It's always been a shame because Korea creates like produces really solid MMA talent. Mm-hmm. They've just never been able to get their own promotion up and going.
0: Right, but now it's finally it's taking place. It's happening, right? It's very consistent and more than consistent. It seems like right.
1: I also like the five-fight format for these events mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a good way to get people introduced to MMA.
0: Right. It's not too long, right? You don't get they, too bored, you know?
1: They have a bunch of videos, like so they, and it's only 10 fighters, so people going into the event feel like they know all of the fighters. Mm-hmm. They're all invested in each one of the fights because there's only five. And the guy, the Godfather guy, he even fights. He's like the amateur champion of Black Combat.
0: Hmm.
1: So, they have a fun angle going, and I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Hopefully, it does really well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's hope, you know, I mean, anything good, right, for the MMA. But, again, it's going to produce more and more good MMA fighters from Korea. Yeah.
1: Plus, it gives the Japanese fighters a chance to go abroad and fight outside of Japan.
0: I hope the Japanese feels that way. But, you know, it's so funny that many Japanese fighters in Japan, they don't really see anything outside Japan. They only see rising. That's it, you know? It's too bad. Well, well anyway, I so let's Since I, I got offended, blocked but... by Lin Nakai, I haven't able to check up on her Twitter. So got by her? I got blocked, her? but then unblocked. Oh, now what happened?
1: <laughs> oh, it's not her Twitter.
0: Um, oh, I was see. just. Oh, is let's she see. like saying something about Shevchenko? There you go. Let's see. Oh, there you go.
1: Okay, she stopped following oh, right. me. That's weird. No, um, the Kai Rindic- the stuff was, um, she came to Tokyo to train for a while and mm-hmm. seems to be going to different gyms to train throughout Japan. And so I'm guessing that's probably her new management that's arranging for that to happen?
0: No, I don't think so. He's, she's been training at AACC for most of the time she was in Tokyo. And yeah. I, I, her new management doesn't do anything in Japan. Well,
1: she has to received some sponsorship money then or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, what? Like, she's saying that she can beat Shevchenko? Is that what it is on Twitter? She said she wants to
1: fight Shevchenko, because, I mean, for those who don't know, is in Japan right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're training, like, it says two hours a day at the Paraestora. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, I guess that's what she's talking about, but I was just more interested. I mean, she said in an interview or in a tweet that, She wasn't only wanting to fight for the UFC, that she was wanting to fight for just a big promotion. But then she kind of went back on that immediately and seems to only be focused on the UFC again.
0: It seems like it, because she's fighting for deep jewels instead of some North American promotion, right?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I assume she had to have gotten offers from people and once she said that, and then it just became the UFC again.
0: Well, I mean, any big promotion who does 125 women, like Bellator or even PFL, they have to be at least be interested in her, right? So, and both those promotions pay way better than Deep Jewels, obviously, you know? And it's her opportunity to, you know, showcase herself in the North American market. Why not, right? But But they don't have that kind of mentality, so.
1: So when she comes up and trains in Tokyo for like two or three weeks... Is that all? Just sponsorship money she's receiving from I fans.
0: No, no, but probably somebody's paying for that. And I know majority of the time she spends, she's at the AACC.
1: Well, because Black Combat filmed a bunch of interviews with Saudi Oshima mm-hmm. at AACC, and you can see Red and Usami training in the background.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So while he wasn't in the pictures, Usami was also there.
0: Right, he's always there. He's always there, making sure she's not doing something he's not. He doesn't want her to do or saying something he doesn't want her to do. So, yeah, it's the same thing. So, it's the same thing. Nothing has changed then, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: But her fight, I mean, it's a pretty winnable fight for her at Deep Jewels, so it'll be interesting to see what happens after that.
0: Well, yeah, but the problem is, is, like, there's not legit opponent in Japan for her in that weight class, so she's fighting almost nobody. So, these Ws on her record, it really doesn't do anything for her career. Well, so, I think that, that I think the last hope she has is maybe hope to get into contender series this summer. I mean, what else well, is out there for her to get into UFC, really?
1: I was talking to a UFC employee that I know mm-hmm. that's familiar with Red hmm And she was like, yep, uh, she shouldn't have talked shit about the UFC. Yeah, of course. And I think the UFC has a long memory. Mm hmm. And they're like, oh, screw her. We have no <laughs> she, t- she was r- difficult to deal with and then talked a bunch of shit.
0: We're in- bad thing. Sean was the matchmaker for that women's division. Right now it's Mick. So Mick never experienced a bad thing with the ring Nakai. The so I think that's but, a little small slight hope, right?
1: <laughs> well, it's a small slight hope, true. But if the, this person wasn't working for the UFC back then either. Uh-huh. I feel like if they're saying that now, then the UFC is still aware that she burned her bridges
0: right, when right. she left. You know what's so funny about the UFC's is when it comes to matchmaking of the Fighters they sign, even majority of people in that organization doesn't know much about it. Till it's decided. Right. It's very, very... I wouldn't say secretive, but it's separated Operations, you know, what I mean, like yeah, it's not like Sean has to discuss with people at PR before you go and sign people, right? I, I don't think so, right?
1: Well, it's also probably very last minute, like if they need someone, uh, they need exactly someone.
0: right. If you somebody gets injured or test them positive on corona, you sign somebody new, that's something that comes in last minute. So so yeah, I mean, this is what I would do if I were in Nakai, i would still hold for contender series, right? And mm-hmm. I will ask a new management to try to get her all on visa. You know, it's gonna yeah. cost them like six, seven thousand bucks, but get that and move to states then okay? and train there and prepare for the last minute call.
1: Oh my god, she seems so miserable when she was training in the US. <laughs> she was all she did was complain. But um, yeah.
0: Well, well here's what it is. I mean, it's clear. But, if she,
1: but what you're saying is if she has the visa, then she's in a position to accept these last minute fights.
0: Right. I mean the bottom line is this. I can tell this right now. The money they spent on her and her coach slash husband going to Las Vegas for a couple weeks or whatever that they could have spent that money on legal fee and she would have an O-1 visa right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I I I'm not sure that somebody's advising her. But again, it costs a lot of money to move to state, you know, set up a place to live and car, whatever that is. So it's a it's a, it's a big money that they would have to spend. But if they have somebody who could support them not that, that part of the you know life, mm-hmm. they should take advantage of that, you know. Yeah, it's too bad. And and if she has OM visa in states, she could fight in feeder shows. She could fight in different shows, you know. Try to campaign more, better way, right? Than than fighting nobody in Japan and and talk shit about UFC on Twitter. I ain't gonna work, you know. Well, if she could get a big win over a name, that might get exactly, her more attention. Right. Yeah. So, if I were a manager, I'll get her all on visa and I'll bring her here and I'll try to get her some feeder show fight, you know, maybe even title fight like what Makoto did. And even then, that's sometimes not good enough, obviously, right? So, right, right. but still, I don't know. I hope. I don't know. I, I don't think nothing's going to change. <laughs> also, when <laughs> I saw know?
1: the when I saw the PFL flyweight women's flyweight bracket get announced, I was like, Rindikai should be in this tournament. She'd have a good chance to win
0: right I mean, exactly then if she ever signed with the pfl another way to look at it if she wins four in a row she'll be making million. more than a million dollars i mean that is going to change her life yeah you know
1: a million dollars goes a long way on shikoku
0: but again it's so funny about the japanese fighters some japanese fighters they feel it's shame to earn money <laughs> you know i won't name names There's one of the I don't think that's her. I think she wants to make money. I mean, there are one fighter, like more than a few fighters in Japan who has a full time job. So they're not supposed to have a second job. So Mm -hmm. they have to hide the fact that they are fighting. So I know some fighters who came to me and says, like, shoot, I want to fight for this promotion, but I can't make any purse. So I'm willing to fight for free. So I always say, like, how are you going to pay me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but no, so they're fighting like that. So it's not about the money, you know? But <laughs> like, so yeah, it. I agree with you that that guy is probably not like that, but it's too bad. Yeah. I mean, again, she's got only a couple of years left. So, you know, she's a better thing fast, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to her credit, they're trying to make something happen. They may not be going about it what we think is the right way, but at least they're trying to make something happen. Yeah, well,
0: you know, they've been doing the same thing for years, and it, it's about a time they realize that, that, that nothing they're doing is correct. Yep. But anyway, so, to, to finish up a couple, so we got the Asia Road to UFC final this weekend. Yeah. Right, we got the two Japanese fighting for the bantam, right? and, and, you know, there's a couple of finals. Nakamura, I, I mean, Nakamura
1: looks pretty unstoppable so far in that.
0: Uh- right, right. But again... He fought somebody who's obviously less of a, a, you know, level. Very true. Yes, was, so, yeah. His level of
1: a competition was this huge,
0: because this was Gator in the last minute. So you, the UFC didn't have it too many times to you know sign. You know, well, I was basing
1: that exclusively like, off just like his freestyle wrestling background. I mean, he was really high level.
0: He was. He was an elite wrestler. So mm-hmm. he's looking good. You know, but too bad Arsen Yamamoto is not here as a corner man. I was hoping to see him, but. <laughs> He's not here. So yeah. But again, I'm hearing that they're trying to make this tournament to happen next year again, but who knows, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I can do this right now for the fans. Just because they have to fight three times to, to win this contract, that the 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 starting point of the UFC contract the winner will get is way better than Contender Series. In fact, it's double. So I saw the
1: contender people have been complaining about the contender series contracts recently. Is it like 12 and 12. What was the no, so it's a 10 and 10? 10 and
0: 10, 10. Right. And 12 or 12 is for the regular signing. And for this AJ road to UFC, if you win, that's starting at 20 and 20. Oh,
1: nice. Nice.
0: I mean, I mean, in UFC, start, imagine if you start at 10 and 10 to get to 20 and 20, you really have to win more than a few fights.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. So, and this tournament is actually is a good way to get in. So we'll see if it's going to happen next year or not, you know? Oh, Yeah. yeah. Right. So now, um next one is one. You first USA events finally taking yeah. place. I mean,
1: on um, Colorado,
0: right? I mean, that's the only state to allow the one current rules, right? I think. Now let me ask you this: I mean, is in Japan is everybody talking about this, or how's the reactions on this event?
1: Uh, you know the answer to that. You know no yeah, one's so talking nobody, about this. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well I hate to say this but in America too. Not many uh, are talking about this, but I'm hearing from the Amazon that the numbers on the one you know broadcast is much better than they expected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: so that's a good sign, you know. They're
1: putting some big fighters on this because I mean Demetrius Johnson for the hardcore MMA fans has some name value. Mm-hmm. But as you pulled up, the second fight they announced is Stan Fairtex is one of the biggest stars in one championship.
0: Right against Anders, who so signed the put- contract, you know.
1: Yeah, so putting stamp on the card as the second announcement. Means that they're they're trying to make a big wave at this first show. Mm-hmm. They're putting their big stars on there.
0: Right, and it's yeah. so funny about it is like they probably can do this on last minute because I assume the stamp probably already have a P1 visa. Now what's so funny about this is like one, you know how they tried to do U.S. shows last year, mm-hmm. so they actually filed a P1 visa for even Itsuki Hirata. So, it's really? a PUM visa, which I didn't know through her. her, her I checked her passport. So, well, I, I'm pretty sure the key fighters who needed the visa to fight in the States probably got the PUM visa last year. So, well, that's I know that you can come up with a last minute make like this.
1: Stamp did like a, a seminar tour in the US earlier this year. Mm hmm. She might have needed a visa for that, because right.
0: yeah, no, I, yeah. I I know for the fact. So they they did visa for many top fighters last year. So yeah, interesting. You have a visa for everybody, pretty much, you know.
1: Well, I've heard that like Fairtex also takes really good care of her.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see it, that. So she has a part. really good
1: gym behind her. So right, yeah,
0: right, and you know, I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to push Rattan and all the other talent right in the states too. Yeah, but we'll see because it's kickboxing is a hard market to do in the states. So. Well, I mean,
1: also, it's just, how many people know one championship, especially in Colorado?
0: Nobody. I mean, but again, not that many people know the one championship in Singapore. So, So they're putting... (laughs) That's not the business model, that's right, Yeah,
1: they're putting it, I think the venue is like 6,500 seats that they're doing it at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, it's a pretty big venue, and um, I hope it goes well. I mean, I want all the promotions to do well, I think it's...
0: Oh, me too. I mean, I want all the promotions to do well, because... Then we will have this thing called Free Agents Market, which really doesn't exist in this sports yet. So,
1: I'm telling you what, if I was in the U.S., I was looking at the tickets for this one show, and they have this VIP package for like three grand. Really? Where you get front row seats, you get to go backstage, meet all the fighters, do a tour, like go to an after party with everybody, and get all this stuff.
0: Not you know, there's like, one, thing about, there's one thing about one thing about one champion shall tell this publicly that they should really reconsider is this tour to the dressing room, right? It looks so that. weird to me. No. Like, I mean, the fighters they're getting ready for a fight. Why are they doing this before the event? Exactly. And there are some like they're like a bunch of tourists who came into the dressing room and like yeah. five minutes before the walkout, they ask fighters to take a photo with them. You know, that's very annoying. They really shouldn't be doing yeah. that. You know? Well, I'll say if they're this gonna probably, do something like they that, they should not be doing that. You know,
1: I was laughing about. it. like, why wouldn't you do that like the day before, at, like the way like, well, the I VIPs mean, come
0: in? I think it's- I get it. They want the VIP to experience the real experience about the dressing room how fighters get. I get it. You know, that's fine. But they should be doing that maybe maybe twenty minutes earlier, not like five minutes before fighter make the walkout. And they I should think- just make the clear rules that no photo session with a fighter. They could take a photo, but not don't go and ask, like, can I take a photo? Can I pose for me? Blah, blah, blah. That's very annoying right before the walkout. What? Well, I know Rising, Rising
1: do that stuff too, but they did it the day before.
0: Right. They don't do that like five minutes before the walkout, not yeah. when they're warming up.
1: It's also because they're doing the, the whole after party with all the fighters. I don't know why they just couldn't do that. Yeah,
0: because I'm a <laughs> little bit annoyed by that because who knows? They could have a spy in one of them, right, on the opponent's yeah. camp. And I'm going to, to go show them how they warm up in the dressing room. I don't I don't know. So but I was just I saying they'll change that, you know.
1: It, the VIP ticket seems pretty – you get a lot of crazy perks for it. So if I was there, I'd be tempted. But, I mean, mm. the tickets aren't that bad. Like the cheapest tickets, like the, the tickets are like 100 bucks or something for this. So it's I hope bad. it goes well.
0: No, I hope it goes well. And and And, hey, who knows? It's the first shows, right? So the hardcore fans might show up, you know.
1: Yeah. I was and kind of bummed like, the Japan show got canceled because I was kind of interested. I wanted to go see the uh, shit show. I, I wanted to see I wanted to know. see the 10 people in the audience. I you wanted got to experience
0: the gonna, I think it's gonna happen in December. Oh,
1: that'd
0: be cool. Yeah, yeah, I know the reason why, but you know it's they've a, also it's been saying, a reason, so yeah, it will they've be they've also
1: been saying they're gonna do a December Japan show for years now, I think. So
0: yeah, but I I, I wish they do, but right now, you know, still Japan's giving lot of strict restrictions on COVID, you know. It's almost amazing went, still they do that, you know?
1: I went to a concert last weekend, and the day before the concert, they announced that you're allowed to cheer at the concert again.
0: <laughs> so I think they're
1: finally relaxing some of the COVID stuff, hopefully.
0: You know, it's so funny. Like, my hero, Yazawa's concert, they like, week before they announced that you were allowed to throw a towel. Well, it has nothing <laughs> to do with COVID, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> But Japan is so funny in that sense, you know?
1: So from what you're hearing, so it sounds like one's Amazon deal is going better than expected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's annoying it, to me because it's not accessible on Amazon in Japan. It's only on Amazon. No, too so
0: bad. So- no, I'm hearing yeah. the numbers on Amazon's are very, very good, you know, better yeah. than expected. So I think I have a feeling they might even put up more U.S. shows, which is good for the promotions and good for the sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know?
1: So does this mean that up, so they'll always have to do Colorado shows, or will they will they have to go to like Indian casinos? Well,
0: yeah, it, it depends on the rules. If they really insist on doing hydration tests and you know and and, and the soccer kick, whatever, you know, it, it, it's going to be very difficult, right? I mean,
1: have you noticed the past couple events? Those hydration tests you to really be screwing them over. Yeah, I just cut the whole hydration test thing and get rid of it forever. But eh.
0: I don't no know. I, I, I can't really comment on this so much, but it's very difficult to monitor what everybody's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, and it will cost a lot of money if you find, you know hire proper people to monitor everybody about this hydration test and stuff like that. So it, I think it's a good challenge what Juan's is doing, but yes, I agree with you. Now it's come to the point; it's became an obstacle, right? Right. And, well, I mean,
1: it reminds me of the old Invicta shows where like half the fighters missed weight like every event. And they eventually had to like put their foot down and have the fighters mail them their weights like four days before yeah, and everything.
0: Exactly right, yeah. But this yeah. hydration test, it really depends on on the person too. I mean, when you have a, a little different, yeah. you know, numbers on the different part of the body, it does affect hydration test. And so, well, if it,
1: also, I feel like it depends on your gender. Like if you're a girl, the hydration might be a little difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's very. It's still. The, in the area, even the doctors can't figure it out. So, you know, well, I it's, remember because
1: there was Ham Sohi's coach is her brother-in-law who has like a popular YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and he uploaded like this backstage content from one championship, and it looked like awful. Like they had to get taken to the hospital for the hydration stuff, and the doctor was like, "I don't know why this is happening." And it was all she was like making weight, but the hydration wasn't working. It all mm-hmm. seemed excessive to me
0: yeah I, I don't know it's it's very difficult it's yeah. yeah they should try to seek a way to do this you know I understand they don't want a fighter to get too high dehydrated because they lost a fighter before right so they really have to be careful with that but
1: or just make it simpler like have one hydration test don't make it be like daily hydration test I think they
0: do only one hydration test right now okay. yeah and and I, I tell you right now I know a lot of guys who actually even cut weight. And do it looks dehydrated where they pass. So maybe there must be a way to do it. You know, who knows?
1: Maybe right. you just cut a bunch, maybe you just cut more weight than chug some water before your piss test. That's
0: what a lot of guys do. But it's still that sometimes that doesn't change hydration test results. We actually try that. So, but there's <laughs> medicine you can use actually. So maybe you got to rely on that now, you know, because there's well. no prohibition against it. So
1: didn't one championship famously say they don't drug test because their fighters can't afford steroids
0: <laughs> that was one of my favorite interviews yeah yeah no no, no, no. <laughs> no it's like drug test itself is not that expensive but if you have to do it on like way that usada is doing it you know like in you know, the send people on seven o'clock in the morning bang on the door kind of thing then that's became very expensive but if you do it, like in competition just to set up a, a drug test it's not that expensive you know
1: well, or you could have the famous USANA test where the guy took Jose Aldo's piss and then dropped it.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, this is good. always an issue, but but I will still give one credit. They're trying to do something new to try to protect the safety of fighters. But it's yeah, it's still like it just got a long way to go, I think. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. But it's exciting to see them in the US and hopefully it goes well for them. Yeah, it goes well, right? All right. So it's all right, so let's finish it up because I got to get going. I have to figure out how what's Kazamai's waiting at now. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we have a wing tomorrow. So,
1: I will yeah. close the thing. It looks like I'm going to be doing some commentary for the Pancraze shows in March.
0: Oh, so great, great. You can great. watch that on YouTube. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you're back on the commentary table. That's great. Oh, yeah, back. All right, all right so let's do more often. Let's go back doing every two weeks. Is that it. too easy? But yeah so well, new year's we- eve
1: was crazy for everybody so yeah, at that yeah. time of year
0: right and i was just too busy so <laughs> all right so let's see again let's talk again in two weeks let's do it yeah talk all next. right cool all right have a nice evening and i'll yeah, see you have already. a good
1: day good luck with your fighters
0: yeah thank you